What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 218 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Batbeck, and I'm your host and guide through said podcast. And as you can probably tell by my voice, I've got a fucked up throat. I don't know what's happened. It's not COVID related. I've just, yeah, my throat is fucked at the moment, and I have no idea why. Um, but I hope everyone is well. I hope everyone in the UK has enjoyed the lovely weather that we've had recently. Um, I myself was actually in Leeds this weekend having a wonderful time. Uh, went up there with my best friend because it was their birthday last week. And we went to Dreadfest. Shout out to Meg for putting on such a rad weekend again. Uh, got to see some really cool bands. Saw Death Goals again for about the third time in a couple of months, which is never a bad thing. Uh, saw Wallowing, who are hands down one of the best sort of heavy bands in the UK right now. Uh, gets worse, Mastiff, Teeth Grinder, yeah, just all the grindcore bands basically, Razor Eater, and yeah, it was just a lovely time and got to catch up with some some old friends and some new as well, which was, was really cool. And then in other birthday celebrations yesterday, which would be Sunday, I'm recording this on Monday, um, I got to spend some time with my brother and got to go for regular fans of the show will know that he's our regular guest on the albums of the year show but me and him went and saw jpeg mafia here in bristol and it was fucking rad like honestly he went harder than some fucking hardcore and metal vocalists which was really really cool so definitely going to be keeping my eye out for some more hip-hop shows if they carry on having that sort of vibe um but yeah that's pretty much it i'm going to stop my babbling and get on to this week's guest and this week it was a really really fucking cool one uh as they always are but this week i am talking to vocalist of wilkes bear hardcore band warn dan schwartz uh we talk about dan kind of getting into uh, hardcore music but kind of not discovering that there was a wilkes bear scene until sort of later on down the line um how sort of warn is the first band that he's kind of ever like really been in and sort of pursued um and how he's kind of like learn and grown as a vocalist and sort of using that platform to purvey a message that he wants to do and also we talk about as we have done with many bands of recently how the kind of post-covid sort of spike has has brought a lot more attention to warn and given them a lot more attention uh internationally i guess as, as well as on home soil um so yeah please sit back enjoy the chat i have with dan and i'll see you on the other side there we go. cool right so joining me this week in the justin insight podcast is vocalist of wilkesboro hardcore band uh warren dan schwartz dan thank you very much for taking some time to have a chat with me um how is everything in your world like in terms of stuff with Warren, like living vicariously on the other side of the Atlantic, it seems like you guys are, are pretty busy at the moment. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's been pretty busy. I mean, uh, we got off a, a tour like two months ago and I'm just getting ready to book more stuff and get ready to go back out there. So was that the tour with... Um... Uh, with C4 inspired yep. all that. Infrastructure work. Yeah. So, so how was that? Because, like, again, like living vicariously, that's such an insane lineup. So, it must, was it like 
it must have been just such a blast like every single day yeah, it was awesome uh i've known the guys in restraining order for a really long time and i've known the guys in c4 for a long time too and i had met the everyone in spy a couple of months previously but didn't get to like spend too much time with them and over the course of the mm. the seven days that they were with us on the tour it was awesome we became super tight mm. <laughs> that's cool and um, were there any particular sort of highlights on on that run of shows uh playing saint vitus was awesome uh fya was really good North Carolina was surprisingly really sick. Um, yeah, there was just a lot of really good shows. Jersey was awesome. Mm. And um, I heard that, like, at FYA, there was kind of like a a mix mash of where members of Warren jumped in and filled in for Spy and stuff like that. So Yeah, someone ended up getting COVID in Spy. Everyone in Warren tested negative throughout the rest of the tour, which was cool. So we didn't have to drop, but uh, someone in Spy got COVID, and right before our set, we learned two songs and played two Spy <laughs> yeah. songs, and then went to our set. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, but yeah, as I as I mentioned, I always kind of like to take my guests like back to their kind of roots and their origins, so to say. So, what kind of like got you into alternative music in the first place? Like, what was your kind of exposure to it? I. Uh... I guess, I don't know. My mom was always listening to like classic rock stations and stuff like that. And like the clash would come on, the Ramones would come on, talking heads would come on. And she would explain that she lived in like New York to me. And well, I knew that cause I'm from New York too, but like how close she was to CBGBs and mm. like, just like, hearing about things firsthand as they were going on but being afraid to go to the shows understandably <laughs> right and uh then like i i don't know as i got older i really gravitated towards like the ramones and the clash and would get like cds from them for christmas and like green day and stuff like that and that really interested me more than whatever else was going on at the time mm. so was was it kind of like i guess that kind of influence as you say like from your mum, like listening to the classic rock side of things but how were you kind of like finding bands like as you say like cl the, like the clash like green day and stuff was it just because it was the more kind of i guess like tangible like guitar based music that was available or did someone kind of like show you those bands? It was just popular. It was everywhere. You know, mm. you couldn't escape it. And like the, I feel like in the early 2000s and late 90s, you couldn't escape that stuff. Like Blink-182, Sum 41, all that stuff was so popular. And I didn't like all of it. Even as a kid, I, I wasn't into like a lot of stuff. But Green Day, I, I really liked. Again, Clash, Ramones. And like, Reading like liner notes on CDs was awesome. I feel mm. like that is something that's like lost to the sands of time with the internet being so popular. But yeah, yeah, reading liner notes and finding out about different bands and then going out and being like, oh, I want to buy this CD at FYE or whatever music store I'm at. 
Mm. And then, so kind of, I guess, like for a lot of people, like the trajectory from like bands like Green Day and as you say, like some 41 and things like that, that are really popular around, they, you either kind of go sort of like one of two ways uh, I find. So you either kind of go like stick with the pop punk route and go down like the emo route and things, or you dig into like the more punk side of things and go heavier. So was that kind of the case for you? Like where, where did your sort of trajectory take you? I was getting into like more metal stuff as I was getting into like middle school and just like seeing like local ska bands and, like, uh, but yeah, I was finding out about like ska bands and like kind of hardcore bands. Like, uh, there was a band that was local to me called Pearl Heart. And I don't know, mm. I can't find them online. I have no idea what, if they were a hardcore <laughs> band. I just remember being like 13 and them calling themselves hardcore, and me being like, oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah. they used to play with like ska bands and shit like that. And like, I saw them with like the Ataris and like Bayside in 2007. And not long after I got a flyer for the Warriors and Terror playing the same venue, like a couple of months later. So that was like my first hardcore show. So I guess technically Terror was the first hardcore band I saw. So was that kind of then like when you saw that, that Terror um, Warriors show, was that kind of like a, an eye opening sort of experience? Like, I guess because obviously if you're coming from it from a kind of more like metal angle to to seeing like a hardcore show where people are like jumping off the stage and like there's people like jumping up for, like, to grab the mic and gang vocals and stuff. Did that kind of change like how you viewed like music and then kind of, yeah, from there, did you just want to kind of dig in and, and find out more sort of thing? Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, terror was like, it was sick to see them and like god it had to be have been 2008 i don't remember what record they were touring off of maybe like the damned and the shame but mm. they were the stage was like too big so people weren't really stage diving but there was like a lot of monster. right okay and i was like whoa this is way different than like going to a <laughs> yeah. ska show and seeing people skank around to like big d in the kids table or something yeah <laughs> yeah i was so young i was like again like 13 or 14 at the time and i was like this is fucking crazy man <laughs> so then kind of like from there like i don't know I don't know were you just kind of like digging into try, like try and find new bands like because obviously i don't know like some people they're either they gravitate towards music and they're very much as i say they kind of like dig and research and stuff or you kind of have friends that kind of put you on to bands and things like that so how did you kind of i guess become more familiar with like the hardcore scene and like what was available and, and like what the upcoming bands what the bands of the time were and things like that so i was going to shows because i don't i don't live in wilkes-barre i live like 40 45 minutes outside so i had like right. no idea that like there were bands from Wilkes-Barre at the time because I was just going off of like stuff I would see online or like see on like MySpace, for example, or like shit I could download yeah. from blog spots. 
because nobody nobody showed me anything really it was mostly me just like discovering shit with the power of like the internet so i was like going to shows in like allentown pennsylvania which is like probably like an hour and a half from wilkes Bear, maybe like an hour Mm. and like it's crazy to think about it because it was like 2009 or 2010 i saw like hate breed used to do like the stillborn fest jamie jostas mm. label and one of them was at this place called the crock rock and it, the lineup was like this local band strength for a reason that i saw once before uh who still plays awesome band um trapped under ice like four years strong played uh fuck i think uh h2o might have played by i didn't watch that because i didn't like that even as a kid <laughs> and then like hate breed headlined and there's like I, I saw the flyer for it like a year ago and i was like wow i saw a lot of crazy shit on that but yeah yeah like seeing that i was like oh okay well there's a lot of shit going on and then like Somewhere around then, too, I found out about, like, all the Wilkes-Bear shit, which is kind of crazy. That was, like, right under my nose the whole time. I had no idea it existed. Mm. So then, like, I guess, as you say, like, you kind of then finding out about, like, your local scene and stuff. But was there kind of, I don't know, because I always find that with a lot of people, there's, like, you have, like, a quote-unquote, like, favourite band or, like, there's a band that you kind of listen to where it all kind of clicks and you're like, oh, okay, like, this is, like, the genre or the type of music that I want to gravitate towards and listen to more of that. So w- was there a band like that for you or were you just kind of, like, consuming everything that you could find? I was just, like, I just wanted to hear hardcore. Mm. There wasn't, like, I mean, there were definitely, like, favorite bands that i had like i loved like american nightmare and carry on and like shit like that i still like that stuff so once like i don't know i had to have been 20 late 2010 yeah it was late 2010 i went to my first show in wilkes bear and it was like the last cafe metro show it was like mm. united youth title fight dead empath i think mother of mercy and daylight played and think give yeah so after that i was like hooked that that then i was like going to shows in wilkes bear all the time because i was already super mm. into title fight at that time and getting to see them was like crazy mm. and like this is the thing because obviously like i was going to bring this up later but obviously where we kind of talk on it now like Obviously, from again, from like an outsider looking in, like Wilkes Bear has always kind of had, especially within the last sort of 10, 20 years or so, has always kind of been like a breeding ground for like really good, like hardcore bands of all different sort of iterations and subgenres of that umbrella. So, like, what was it like to kind of like be part of that, like? growing up and seeing like the bat as you say like bands like title fight like who obviously went on to be like an international phenomenon that but they're playing like your local venue sort of thing 
I mean, it was always awesome seeing them. The reactions were always crazy. The room, like, regardless of, like, whatever venue it was around here, it was always packed. Um, it was just, it, I don't know. I, like, I sometimes I, I think about it and I'm, like, I don't realize, like, some of the shows that I've gotten to see and, like, mm. that other people are, like, oh, I would have killed to be there. And I'm, like, oh, yeah. It was a pretty good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, like, Wilkes-Barre isn't a major city or anything. It's mm. it's just, like, a, a little a little city, a big town in northeastern Pennsylvania with not really much going on. There's not really, like, if you like to go out drinking or go to bars, like, there's tons of bars. There's not really much there for like youth culture or arts really mm. so i guess that kind of lends itself to being a breeding ground for alternative music or alternative cultures yeah and like kind of on that because obviously as i say like there's been sort of numerous bands that have kind of come out of there like in the last let's say like sort of 15 20 years or so and like obviously with like Warren now, like rather than just saying like, oh yeah, like we're like a band from Pennsylvania, like you say like no, we're we're from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Like so does is it kind of like a badge of honor to like not like carry on that like lineage and legacy sort of thing, but to say like no, we're part of this scene that's kind of created all this awesome music in the past and now we're the sort of the next wave of it if that makes sense yeah i mean i guess saying that we're a band from wilkes bear would be like not necessarily like a badge of honor it's just i don't know the representation of home yeah and obviously i feel like people know about wilkes bear so it's not like a hidden secret or anything it's not like we're saying like i don't know uh worn from like Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So like I don't I don't know. I never I never really think of it as anything other as like a badge of honor, more just representation of where we're from. Mm. We try to put it on like yeah. a a bunch of our merch or like try to I don't know just post about it online or whatever you know mm. and then so in terms of you kind of like actually like sort of uh like playing music and kind of getting involved in music obviously we know you as the vocalist of, of warm but like did you kind of start off like dabbling with it, any instruments or has kind of vocals always been the thing that you've kind of focused on uh i tried to play guitar when i was younger and sucked at it uh while i've been in war and i bought a bass and i've fucked around on it and learned a little bit here and there but i i just i I get caught up with uh doing like with work or school and uh, Mm. i get like wrapped up with like band stuff too so (laughs) it's like hard for me to like find the energy to want to pick up an instrument after doing a bunch of shit so i guess just focusing on like vocals or 
writing lyrics or whatever is like my main concern anymore with any of the bands I'm in. Mm. But obviously, like when you were kind of like younger and sort of like, I guess, sort of, go, as you say, like going to shows and kind of like thinking, oh, well, this is something that I'd want to give a go at sort of thing. Did, was it, were you kind of drawn to like being a vocalist or I don't know, like in the, I guess, kind of the early bands you were in, was it just circumstantial or did you always kind of want to be like that person, if that makes sense? Never even thought about it when I was younger. Never thought I'd do a band. Mm. Like, Born started like six years ago, and that was my first real attempt at doing anything. Okay, yeah, cool. so it's been a learning experience, but I, I mean, like, I never thought I'd be in a band, let alone a hardcore band when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. So, had you never kind of like really done anything? up until Warn, or was was there kind of like started projects that never kind of took off or is Warn kind of like ground zero yeah I, I was supposed to do a like a straight edge hardcore band like years ago it was gonna be called like take x control <laughs> and it was just gonna be like uh like early 2000s stuff like shark attack or knockdown and just kind of riffing on that and uh we were supposed to go record the demo one day and then our guitarist was like, yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. And then the rest of us were like, okay. <laughs> so the band never, never started at all. And then after doing Warren, I started, well, I didn't start it, but a friend showed me a demo he was working on. And this ended up becoming Fatal Wound which is another band I sing for too. So it's just kind of funny that I mm. sing for two hardcore bands. <laughs> <laughs> so then in terms of kind of, I guess it, with Warn then, like if that was kind of your first sort of like foray into to doing sort of vocals and, and things like that, like how did that kind of come about? Because as you say, if you'd never thought of like being part of a band or sort of, being a vocalist in the, in the first place, like how did that situation present itself? And, and was it kind of circumstantial or was it something that you kind of like actively pursued? Uh, I was friends with everyone in the band and they were like, Hey, we're doing a like fast, hardcore band. You want to sing for it? And I was just like, sure. pretty much it they said would you be interested in doing this and i said sure yeah fair i mean fair enough but like i guess so were you kind of like were you quite daunted at the prospect of it or did you kind of just jump in it with both feet i was excited to do it but it it was hard for me at first it was hard to to write lyrics and to like figure out placements in songs Everyone in mm. Warren definitely didn't help either because they sent me the songs in like a certain order. And then when they played them at our first practice, everything was out of order. And I was trying to like <laughs> figure shit out. And I was like, holy fuck, whatever. I'll get it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just, you know, practice makes perfect. <laughs> yeah. And because was it 2016? Yeah, I think we started. That's when we yeah. started doing shit. 
so obviously like not to kind of fully jump forward but obviously where we are now like i think there's and the internet has kind of helped of, of this as well but there's a kind of a lot more like eyes on you now so like people who may be not necessarily aware of like the previous material and stuff are like only just kind of coming to see you if that makes sense so i don't know like and obviously like from listening back to like that first ep to to um human work there's obviously elements of the similar sound but it's very different sort of thing so what was the kind of like initial sort of like i guess like plan of of like what worn was going to sound like when you first started so when i first joined and then like we started writing stuff it was all over the fucking place because everyone was writing different shit so there's like power violence parts and then like db parts and then like a, a crossover riff and then a song that doesn't make any sense and everything was like all over the place and like after we released two demos before we did the seven inch we had like some member changes and we were going on mm. as a four piece and we like sat down and we were like yo we need to like get it together to put out something worthwhile and we had like a conversation about the direction and being like all right well let's do like a d beat kind of stuff with like a little bit of a systems overload integrity and like think i care and like put all this together and like some japanese hardcore and stuff like that and make it make sense and that's mm. been what we've been running with mm. and then in terms of kind of like you guys kind of uh i guess kind of as i said like where we're at now it it feels like there's a lot more kind of eyes on you but like in terms of you like personally was there kind of a point in in the band when you sort of like realized like oh like people are starting to like pay attention to us and starting to like give a damn about this band rather than it just being like like friends and peers that were like checking you out if that makes sense yeah the moment that i started to like realize uh, i was like oh people do give a shit about our band it was like it wasn't long after the seven inch came out uh a friend of ours was on tour with angel dust and wicca phase and mm. uh justice was asking about our band there was like interest oh wow there, which is how we eventually put out like a tape on Popwig. i was mm. like oh that's kind of crazy <laughs> like looking back on that <laughs> yeah that's cool so then the other thing that i always kind of like find interesting is kind of like first um people's like first like phrase it to, to like going out on tour so i'm guessing like your first experience of that was out, out with Warren as well i actually did merch for a band for like a week-long tour that was just like in the like northeast and then like a little bit south and that was fine wasn't anything really fun <laughs> yeah. nobody went to any of the shows nobody cared about the band and i was just there hanging out 
Yeah, yeah. But real touring, but then, I guess, oh, sorry. real touring's been worn. Yeah. yeah. So then, because in that aspect, obviously, because like you're the, the one that's like performing and, and playing and things like that. And I always find like, I don't know, especially like within hardcore and, and things like that. Like I think because people see like videos and photos and, and things of like what shows are like, obviously when you're first starting a band, you're not instantly going to have that like crazy reaction and things like that. But so what was those kind of like first run of, of like out of town shows like for Warren and like, did it kind of meet any expectations you had? Did they go better than you thought? Like, what was it all like? Uh, I, we played a lot of shows where like, the turnouts have been were pretty grim and miserable and we've also played like early on like shows that were pretty crazy like uh first time we played binghamton new york was like absurd i think there was like 60 or 70 people there just moshing and going crazy and mm. like every time we went back was pretty pretty grim not super great <laughs> and like the first time we played philly was awesome Philly's always been really good to us. And like there's places that we love to play because we played there like so much early on with the band. And it, it's just very rewarding to play. Like anytime we get to play New Jersey is awesome. Syracuse, mm. New York, awesome to play. Philly. Um, Richmond and DC, also great to play. Mm. so there's just like boston too like there it's weird like playing a a show for the first time far away you don't know how it'll go and you're like oh maybe it'll be really good and the show kind of like bombs really bad (laughs) like 10 (laughs) people pay and you're like oh no but then the next time you go back you're like oh no shit there's 150 paid for this okay yeah and obviously, like you mentioned, kind of when you first started in in Wound, like um, you were kind of like, I guess as you say, like figuring out like how to sort of like write lyrics and things like that. And as you say, like with the more practice you do, like the more sort of comfortable and things you've become. And I think like specifically, obviously, we're looking at the latest record. Like you've got some very kind of like poignant and direct lyrics that you're kind of like pulling from and and specific themes but did that kind of take you a while to kind of like get comfortable with like what you wanted your lyrics to say or did you always kind of like straight off the bat like have an idea of like where you wanted like the message of Warren to go much like the the music early on being guitar center music the lyrics were all over the place so yeah. it took me like not until the seven inch. It took me three years to like figure out lyrical content and how I wanted to mm. present that. And I, I appreciate you for saying all the nice things about the, the lyrics because I don't know how many people really pay attention to that stuff anymore, rather than just being something to like sing along to. Mm. And I always whenever I'm writing lyrics, I always try to like sit down and like really 
turn something creative out of it and like i don't know try to say what i want to say but also add like imagery and other kind of i guess nonsense to it so like mm. I, i'll send the lyrics to other people and be like does this make sense does this make sense like is it is mm. it working is my point getting across and i'll get feedback from other yeah. people and like people in the band and change stuff up mm. and because like obviously as i say especially with like human work there's sort of lyrics in there that like they're kind of political but they're also like i don't know like not necessarily you're telling a story but as you say like you're getting a a point across kind of thing yeah. and, and as you say like maybe up until till the seven inch that wasn't necessarily the the case so i guess like if we kind of take that seven inch as a like a, a starting point did you kind of like not to say that everything that Warren's done has got a political focus on it or anything like that, but did you kind of like, I don't know, be a bit more measured in your approach to rather than it just being like lyrics for lyrics sake, if that makes sense. I think the early demos were definitely lyrics for lyrics sake. And I, I would say the band really started with the seven inch because we got, mm. we, we got a stable lineup. And it's been like the same four people, pretty much, Caleb, Butch, Pete, and I, doing Warren with like other people helping out and jumping in on second guitar or whatever. And mm. I I made like a conscious effort at that point to at least make my lyrics political and like to say something. Because there's a lot of bands that mm. have lyrics that don't say anything. I don't want to ever fall into like that category. Yeah. So I, I try to make sure that I always, I'm saying something with every Warren song. Hmm. And just to kind of like mix into what you were saying a moment ago that like you wanted to, as well as sort of like the, the actual lyrics you wanted to, to kind of like, muster up like imagery and things like that and i think if we're talking like actual imagery i think something that's kind of quite interesting about Warren is that there's no kind of like set imagery to it but i think like every single like thing that you've put out does have like really striking like artwork and like it's like it captures your eye no matter what it is but there's not and i mean this in the nicest way there's not like a consistency to it whereas like some hardcore bands will have like of either like a generic logo that they have on like every single thing or there's like a running theme through their artwork so with what you've done with Warren, have you kind of i don't know like i might be kind of projecting how i see your work but it kind of feels like with each release it's kind of like a different sort of story and capturing moment in time and that's how like the artwork is and it's a whole sort of body of work so i don't know is that kind of been done purposely or have i just read way too much into that i don't i don't know if it's been done purposely maybe like subconsciously we mm. like uh for the seven inch and the popwood promo tape our bassist pete 
drew both of those up and did that. And then for human work, we there's uh, a tattoo artist that Pete and I have gotten tattooed by named Alex Petty. And we really liked all the shit he was doing. So we asked him to, if he was interested in doing the artwork for the record, and he was like, yeah. I'd love to. He drew up like a, he put on everything now, and like the art, and we just keep going with that. Mm. In the future, we'll probably go back to him for like a another record for art and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know. It's just like uh, the the influences artistically have always kind of been the same. It's just a matter of presenting them differently and uniquely. Yeah, yeah. And then if we could just kind of dig into um, human work a little bit, as as I say, I think I don't know if this again. This is just my perception or the perception of of like someone living over in the UK compared to someone in the states. But it seems like there a lot more people in the UK have kind of picked up on your music through human work and kind of. I think the internet has kind of helped that in terms of how easy accessible like hardcore is nowadays, but also because we were in COVID times that people were searching for new music because they couldn't necessarily go out and see new music. So to say, so I don't know, have you kind of found that since the release of the record that there has been a a more of an uptake in interest in, in what you guys are doing? Like, Oh yeah, at home and and further afield. Yeah, ever since we put out the LP, there's been like a a surge of interest and in, from just people listening to it to people approaching us to do like shows or tours or like uh, uh, just <laughs> it it caught me by surprise because I with the record I wanted to put out something that I really like to listen to. That's all I care about. Mm. So seeing other people really enjoy it and like people finding interest in the band was like exciting, especially Mm. a year ago when shows still weren't back yet. Like the record sold out within like a couple of weeks and I was texting Carter from from Within Records at the time, and he was like, yeah, the record sold out. And I was like, what do you mean the record sold out? It's not even like out the street yet. <laughs> he was like, yeah, it's gone. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, it was just surreal. And I'm like grateful for that. Mm. And like, because kind of like off that, and obviously where we're now in a in a situation where kind of, shows are back and i think like there is obviously uh, a spike in attendances at the moment because obviously everyone's just wanting to get back to kind of going to shows and enjoying that kind of scenario and that situation but have you seen like a direct correlation correlation of like you've had the record out more people are digging the record so more people are coming to specifically see war yeah oh yeah 
Mm. Has that been weird or has that like been like gratifying? It's definitely weird and gratifying. Because we, mm. like, uh, <laughs> when we played FYA, uh, we played Tampa like three years ago before that. And someone came up to me and goes, I can't believe this is your guys' first time in Florida. I looked at them and I said, oh, no, we toured Florida a few times. <laughs> We've been here a couple of times. <laughs> and he just went, oh, okay, and walked away. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or like people coming up to you and like, uh, <laughs> people coming up to us and like, trying to buy merch as we're setting up getting ready to play a show and like mm. that's all they like really care about and i mean it's fine either way but it's just one of those things where i'm like give me 15 minutes man our set's not that long yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then just before like i kind of wrap things up so you mentioned obviously your in fatal wound yeah. as well so again was that like i guess because you've kind of become more comfortable being like a vocalist and stuff was that an opportunity that you wanted to just kind of like i don't know stretch a different muscle and try try something else like how did that kind of come about so i'm friends with i'm friends with everyone in the band but i was friends with madden first the guitarist and i showed him human work before it came out he was like oh this is fucking sick and he's like i'm working on a new demo because i want to start playing in like hardcore bands again but it's like more in line with early 80s japanese hardcore flexi punk stuff like zuyo or the sexual or ghoul the execute and i was like yo send me that i want to hear this so he sent me the seven songs and i was like yo this is awesome who, who's singing for it? He said, I don't know. I jokingly said, oh, I'll do it. And he goes, yo, honestly, that'll work. Let me just make sure it's cool with everyone. <laughs> I was like, okay. And he texted me back like maybe 20 minutes later. Everyone was like, yeah, you you, you can do it. And I was like, all right. So we didn't get to meet up for a while because he's busy with a million other fucking bands. And then mm. in july or august of last year we met up went over the songs they recorded drums and guitars and bass at our practice spot i did vocals too everything was like all over the place because of everyone's schedules because uh everyone in fatal wound besides me has like an actual job <laughs> where they right. do shit my job is like a little bit more all over the place where i can get away with doing shit and mm. uh yeah, so the demo came out on Roach Leg and I'm just writing more shit and going to play as much as we can. It's not going to be like a, it, the way I look at Fatal Wound is it's like more of a a less serious but fun project for me. It's awesome mm. to be in that band because it's like shit that I actively listen to all the time, just fast or hardcore. And yeah. uh like the the goal of that band realistically is to just play gigs put out mm. fast music yeah that's cool so there's no no kind of like 
uh, not necessarily a conflict of interest, but like there wouldn't necessarily be like an overlap as such if like you had to kind of, well, I don't know, might maybe down the future, but like right now is kind of like warns like the main thing and fatal wounds just as and when kind of situation. Yeah, warns definitely like I hate to say that it's a priority over fatal wound, but like I talked about it with Madden before and he's like, Yeah, go for it, go tour and shit. Like fatal wound is mm. The most that we'll do is probably like a weekend to a week long run, which is fine. It's awesome. Mm. And like put out like a seven inch and like a couple other things here and there. But like the main, the main priority realistically is worn because we have a bunch of tours lined up and like getting ready to do more music and shit like that. So Mm. it's just finding the balance, making everything work. Yeah. Hmm. And just to kind of go back to sort of like warning, because as you say, like with Fatal Wound, the, the kind of like goal is to go out and kind of play shows. And obviously with Warn, like, as I say, I think because obviously where you're gaining more traction, like you're, as you say, you're doing more tours and things and people are paying a bit more attention to you. Has kind of like, Maybe not necessarily like from the very beginning of like when you started as bands, but like I, I guess it, again, if we use that kind of seven inch as the starting point, the kind of priorities of of Warn and like what you want to achieve with the band kind of changed and shifted now that you are gaining more popularity and you're gaining more sort of uh, widespread appeal, sort of thing. I don't know if the the goals have changed too much, other than like playing as much as we can touring as much as possible and like putting out music still, you know, like Mm. the, the main priorities or goals that I have in mind are to like tour out of the country, which is getting set up like right now. So outside of that, like I'm just excited to play gigs and tour. Hmm. That's cool. And just to kind of like bring it full circle before I do sort of wrap things up, because as I said, like where we're, where like from an outsider looking in and we like someone that's been into hardcore for years and they see like the Wilkes-Barre name and as I don't know, as I say, like from my perspective, like as soon as I see that a band is from there, like at the bare baseline, I'm going to check it out sort of thing. Um, but obviously when sort of human work came out, like there was obviously a bit more like press and stuff with it. And I think like one thing that some people who maybe not necessarily have heard you before was the link that you had Ned from sort of, sort of title fight do like a, a shout out for you guys and things like that. So I don't know, was it kind of weird that there was like almost like a full circle moment for you that like, from going to seeing title fight playing shows to them now being like a member of that band backing your band sort of thing. You know, I never, I don't know. Cause I became friends with like everyone in the band over the years. So I know mm. Ned loves to like, he's a writer. He loves to write shit and, we just asked if he'd be interested in doing like a, a write-up for us, just like a little press mm. thing. 
And he was like, yeah, I'm down. Just send me a copy of the record. We were like, okay. <laughs> and he <laughs> wanted to like read the lyrics and everything. So I, I sent everything over to him and he sent us that back. And I was like, fucking awesome, man. It's cool when like someone that has done cool bands is a genuinely nice person and is a friend wants to do like cool shit yeah. for you and help out. Mm. That's cool. And just sort of one like final thing on there. And I know like, as I mentioned before, because obviously like there's not a necessarily like a Wilkes-Barre like sound quote unquote. And I think like that's quite in sort of not necessarily unique in itself, but because I think like as you like some bigger like hardcore scenes in in the states specifically like New York, like there'll be like a New York sound, like Boston, there'll be a Boston sound and things like that. So I don't know, like is it just because of like how everyone that kind of has come out of that sort of scene who has kind of maybe gone on to like be in like quote unquote successful hardcore bands that we see it there it all sounds differently or like is there just like a melting pot of like everybody has different influences and we're just like i'm saying we i'm but more me specifically we're seeing like the fruits of your labors that it does sound all different because we're seeing it in that format but in reality, is it just like everybody likes everything and that's how it's kind of is in that scene? Uh, you know, I don't know. Because like looking at bands like like Frostbite, who had members of Cold World in it, they mm. they were just trying to be like No Warning and Right Brigade. So then like you look at Cold World and their influences are pretty obvious it's life of agony biohazard and the hip-hop stuff and then yeah. you see a band like war hungry and their influences are like more metallic like you can hear like entombed in there crowbar like life of agony and that too and like all this different shit and really every band kind of it just takes from totally different sounds and like i guess for warren like we definitely reference like stuff outside of the area but like a big influence for us is war hungry so it's i don't mm. know the the way that like the there's not like a a region specific sound out here which is cool it's just a lot of, I don't know, just finding about finding out about bands and going, oh, we should start a band that sounds like that. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Well, obviously, we've you kind of mentioned, like, now, like, where you're at at the moment, like, you're, say, you've sort of, like, gearing up for, like, more tours and things, potentially sort of, like, getting out of the country and things like that. But what's kind of, I guess the immediate next step for, for Warren, like what's kind of like the next thing that's on your plate? Uh, well, I just finished recording vocals for a split seven inch that we're doing with C4. So that should be coming out sometime later on this year. 
I'm not really sure when exactly. Um, touring, playing gigs. Next up, we were playing the From Within Records show. Yeah. Showcase. I think that's about to sell out. So immediately that's like, what's up next? Going to work on a new like 7-inch GP alongside the split. And just keep grinding and doing shit, traveling. <laughs> like that that's the goal is to just have fun and play gigs that's cool oh, and i'm might be pushing my luck but any plans to come to europe uk yeah, or is that very kind of early talks september yeah. hopefully fingers crossed if everything's good yeah 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 awesome well definitely be looking forward to that um but yeah dan before i do let you go how i like to round off these conversations is to ask my guests um what their favorite song is but with a bit of a twist so what's your favorite worn song that you like to play live and why favorite song to play live uh maybe paint the corpse yeah yeah i'll probably go with paint the corpse it's very like integrity very hard uh as soon as like the first riff kicks in, it's always fun to see people's like just seeing people like go apeshit to it is pretty cool. So I'll go <laughs> yeah. paint the corpse. <laughs> Perfect. Brilliant. Well, Dan, thank you very much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. And yeah, hopefully we'll see you over here in September. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. No worries. Thank Take you. Care. you too. So there we have it folks again another huge thank you to Dan for taking some time and having a little chat with me uh, as always you can keep up to date with everything Dan's doing in Warn and Faisal Wound uh, who I forgot to mention at the top of the show um, by visiting all their various social media platforms and as Dan mentioned hopefully we'll be seeing a lot more new material from Warn in the near future and then hopefully in the not too distant future we'll be seeing them over on our shores as well but yeah all those links will be in the description of this episode um but yeah as always i know we kind of delayed it for a week but as i've mentioned before my schedule at the moment is insane trying to get guests on has been a bit complicated recently um but i'm trying not to sort of be too tied down rigorously with the podcast anymore episodes will come out i hope you appreciate it whether you don't do or don't but they're coming out when they do basically um, but whether this is the first time you're listening to the show or the 218th time you're sh- listening to the show, thank you for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast and I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.